1: College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper.
2: Welcome into to the edition, this edition of College Football Live, where blue ties are required. Matt Schick alongside Sam Macho and Jordan Reed. We do have a developing story involving the Michigan Wolverines. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But let's throw it back here on this Thursday. We got some rematches from last season's game. Alabama hosting Tennessee. Looking to avenge last season's loss to the Vols. The Tide led by seven in the fourth. Gave up ten points in the final three and a half minutes. Losing on a last second kick. Sending Vol Nation into a tizzy. And sending the goalposts into the Tennessee River. In the Pac-12, USC looking for a win against Utah after losing to them twice last season. It wasn't particularly close in the Pac-12 championship game, but in the October matchup, Utah scored a touchdown. Go ahead, two-point conversion. Less than a minute left to win by a single point. And in the Big Ten, Penn State looks to notch their first win against the Buckeyes since 2016. Last season, the Lions had a lead with nine minutes to go before Ohio State scored 28 points in six minutes to run away with a 44-31 win. It was a thick, Schick, a thick six show with JT Mola. Wow, I'm Chick. Adam Rittenberg is here with us, who is headed to Columbus for this weekend. You want to be at full strength for games like this, but that doesn't necessarily look like the case for Ohio State. What's the latest here with their injuries, Adam?
3: Well, Matt, Ryan Day isn't saying much other than he's hopeful that everybody can come back for that showdown against Penn State. I'm told that Travion Henderson, the starting running back, is the likeliest to see the field. He went through warm-ups last week against Purdue and probably could have been used in an emergency. He's dealt with a lot of injuries the last couple of years, so he could get back on the field. And Ibuka, the number two receiver, excellent player, didn't even travel to Purdue. I'm told he's day-to-day something that could be monitored right up until uh, game time. Denzel Burke, who's having a great redemption season, at cornerback, he left that Purdue game in the second half, so he's someone to watch going against that Penn State receiving core.
2: Yeah, Ohio State doesn't look healthy, but Penn State certainly does. It feels like they're primed to have a really good shot to finally get over the hump. How would you characterize
3: the significance of this game for James Franklin? Yeah, Matt, it's everything for James Franklin. He's 4-14 and against Ohio State and Michigan and 80-22 against everybody else at Penn State. He has a team that a lot of Big Ten coaches think is more talented, at least on the defensive side, than Ohio State. Coaches have told me there's up to eight or nine draftable players on that defense. And he talked five years ago after that brutal loss to Ohio State, how they've gone from average too good, too great, but they're not elite yet. The only way you become elite is to win games like this. They've had their opportunities, and Saturday is a big one with a very talented team on James Franklin's side.
2: Oh, 0-9 on the road against AP Top 10 teams while the head coach at Penn State. Thank you, Adam. Enjoy the game this weekend. All right, Sam, Jordan, let's do a little tale of the tape here. Who has the quarterback advantage here? Jordan, start with you.
4: I'm going to go with Penn State and Drew Aller. And with Drew Aller, he's, had, he's played some really good football this year. Even though Penn State's offense has not had a lot of explosive plays this year, only 11 completions of 20-plus yards, which is 114th in the country. He's averaging 6.93 air yards in attempt, which is 93rd in the country. But he's just progressively matriculating the ball down the field. He's not He has not thrown an interception this year, and he hasn't had any turnover-worthy plays. This Buckeyes defense, they do have some holes in the secondary. I think you can take advantage of it.
2: Yeah, he hasn't thrown an interception. Has not done that yet, as you said. Haven't had some big plays either here. Uh, let's go to the wide receivers, the pass catchers, Sam.
5: Yeah, give me Ohio State and give me Marvin Harrison, Jr. I understand that Emeka Abuka may be injured, may not come back this game. But Marvin Harrison, Jr., over the last two weeks, has been back to what we expected last week. Six catches, 105, and a touchdown. Week before, eight for 163 and a touchdown. He's averaging 19.5 yards per reception, a deep play threat, the most explosive weapon on the field.
2: Four games with 100-plus receiving yards this season. Running backs, Jordan. Jordan.
4: Yeah, this was a close one for me, but I'm going to go with Penn State. And Nick Singleton, even though he had the phenomenal freshman season last year, he's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start this year, but he's still been very productive with six touchdowns this year. They're going to have an opportunity to create some explosive plays in the run game, but Ohio State is very tough up front. The strength of their defense is the front seven, so look for Nick Singleton to create some opportunities.
2: All right, defense going to be loading up there trying to stop the run game. Who has that advantage on that side of the ball, Sam?
5: I'm going to go with... Ohio State for the defensive advantage. And I get it. Penn State has better stats right now, but Ohio State has played tougher opponents. A team like Notre Dame, which is a tougher opponent, a top 15, top 20 team. Also, teams like Maryland offensively. Talia Tungavaloa is a top-tier quarterback in college football. And so, though Ohio State may not have the same numbers currently as Penn State,
2: I think the effectiveness is just just the same. I can't wait to see the, the Kalen King-Marvin Harrison Jr. matchup. King, the corner there for Penn State, said he is looking forward to showing the world what he can do this year. If Penn State's going to win this game, they, they got to finish the job. We mentioned last year's game. They had a lead with nine minutes left, lost by double digits. 2017, 11-point lead in the final five, lost by a point. 2018 got stopped on a fourth down play to end the game. Will they get over the hump? They go into this game as nearly a five-point underdog. Will they pull off the upset? Joe Fortenbaugh and if you should bet on it.
1: Favorite bet for this game is the first half under 22.5 points. It's a first-half bet, so anything that happens in the second half doesn't matter. The total for this game has been dropping all week, and for good reason. Penn State's offense lacks explosion in the passing game, which is saying something because their schedule shall we say, has been a bit lackluster this year. But they can play some defense, number two in the country in scoring, and I believe that unit is going to step up against an Ohio State offense that, while good, isn't as good as we've seen in the past. This is going to be a low-scoring game, first half under and a half points. All
2: right, thank you, Joe. Time for our weekend lineup brought to you by Wendy's Beef. Another top 25 matchup. The Vols looking to win back-to-back games against Alabama for the first time in nearly 20 years. Rushing attack going to be key. First in the SEC, sixth in the FBS in rushing yards. They're 22 when rushing for at least 175 yards in a game under Josh Heifel. Bama, nine-point favorite at home. Joe's back with us again. Joe, what's a good bet in the matchup?
1: Yeah, who brought this guy to the party? Betting against scoring. I did it earlier in the Penn State game, and I'm going to bet under 48 and a half points here. Tennessee's offense, not what we remember from last season. Number one in the country, dropping off to number 23 in the country. And I think Milton's gonna struggle on the road with the crowd noise and the elite Bama defense in Tuscaloosa. As for Bama, their offense has gone cold at times this year. Jalen Milro's been taking too many sacks that are killing some of their drives. Under 48 and a half, Bama, Tennessee.
2: All right, good stuff there, Joe. Thank you. Well, welcome in now. The illustrious Paul Feinbaum from the Paul Feinbaum Show. Good to see you. Uh, Paul. Now, in this matchup, we all remember what happened last year with the goalpost winding up in the Tennessee River. How would you characterize the significance of this year's iteration?
6: Well, I don't think it's it's a classic revenge game for Alabama because they have LSU in two weeks, which is also a revenge game. <laughs> but but I think Alabama is more concerned about just trying to get better and find some protection for Jalen Milro and avoid stupid penalties which they uh, are now on about a two-year losing streak on.
2: So Alabama, they get a bye next week. Georgia is off this week, and they are going to be without. their all everything tight end. Brock Bowers for the foreseeable future, likely for the rest of the regular season as he underwent tightrope surgery on his ankle. Can Georgia three-peat without Brock Bowers?
6: No. Uh, he's the most valuable player, I think, of any team in college football, Matt, we saw about a month ago at Auburn a team that is really way down on its luck. And Brock Bowers really won that game for the Dogs, And and I think they they have some trouble coming up. The, they have Missouri in two weeks. They have Ole Miss. And then they're at Tennessee. They may be able to survive that trek, but I don't think they can win the SEC championship or maybe the, in the, get a, a game in the playoffs without Brock Bowers.
2: All right, let's go to another SEC team on a buy. Uh, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, they're sitting there at 4-3, and three, and I- I've seen a lot written this week about how that $76 million buyout might not be too steep for Texas A&M. Paul, could Jimbo Fisher
6: conceivably be on the hot seat given that price tag? Well, think about this, Matt. The biggest buyout of all time is Gus Malzahn at Auburn, and that was $21 million, and the school took a lot of flack. So I think that's the one thing going in Jimbo's favor is that Texas A&M doesn't want to set the record by breaking the bank on on Jimbo Fisher, but they may not have any choice if this team can't straighten out. They're at Ole Miss and at LSU. Those look like two losses. And then they have a couple of other games against Mississippi State and South Carolina. If they should lose those... I think the the appetite for Jimbo Fisher remaining is going to be very low in College Station. All right, Paul Feinbaum. Thanks so much,
2: Paul. Enjoy the games this weekend. Always appreciate uh, the insight. Do want to tell you what we teased at the top of the show. We do have a developing story involving Michigan. The NCAA investigating the Wolverines amid allegations of sign-stealing. The school said in a statement it's fully cooperating. Yahoo Sports reported Michigan allegedly used people attending games against future opponents to spy on signs used to call plays on offense and defense. The NCAA prohibits off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents. Up next on College Football Live, a top 25 matchup in the ACC. Duke may be without their starting quarterback, but one of our analysts believes the Blue Devils still have a shot at the upset. He explains next.
1: College Football Live is presented by
5: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
3: Welcome back to College Football Live, presented by Dr. Pepper.
2: Let's take a look at our Dr. Pepper Championship Drive Game of the Week preview. Florida State and Duke Saturday night on ABC. It's going to be best versus best. Florida State first in the ACC in scoring. Duke's defense leads the ACC in fewest points allowed. Florida State has never lost to Duke. Both teams without a loss in conference play. Andrea Adelson joins us now. Uh, We talked about some injuries involving Penn State and Ohio State earlier. This one, another big game, and some other injuries here. Let's start here with Duke and starting quarterback Riley Leonard, who's been dealing with a high ankle sprain. What's his availability, Andrea?
0: Matt talked to Mike Elko earlier this week on our all ACC show on the ACC network. And he said once again that Riley is day to day. He's progressing. He's continuing to get better. He's out there practicing. He's moving around. But his availability is going to be determined based on how exactly he's able to move around on that ankle because his mobility is such a big factor in what he does for Duke. As for Florida State, on the other side of it, they're expected to have Johnny Wilson back after he missed last week with a lower body injury. Mike Norvell said that he's been able to practice this week. We've seen some video clips of him coming into practice from the local beat reporters there in Tallahassee, and that's obviously big news for Florida State with what you just mentioned, that big Duke defense they're going against to add yet another option for their passing game that's going to be big.
2: Yeah, they hope to have Johnny Wilson. They will have Keon Coleman, who leads the ACC with seven uh, touchdown grabs. Thank you so much, Andrea. All right, Uh, Sam, Jordan, let's get into this game here a little bit. We've got Florida State as a 14-point favorite here yet. Sam, you think Duke has a pretty good shot here. Why? Because their defense. I mean, this
5: Duke defense is extremely underrated, and the reason why is that they play not as individuals but as a unit. Let's start with cornerback number seven, Al Blade. So you talk about, okay, yeah, the defensive line, pass rush, et cetera. But who's going to be covering guys like Johnny Wilson? Who's going to be covering Keon Coleman? It's Blades, the transfer from Miami. You see interceptions. You see Jameon Franklin. That's him right there on the defensive line getting sacks. You see Dwayne Carter scoop and score. This defense plays at it as a unit, and I don't care who's playing offense. This defense, I think, will be ready and excited for the challenge, just like they were at Notre Dame. They would have won that game without an injury to their quarterback.
4: Yeah, this game is really interesting, Sacho, and I think you're spot on as far as Duke's defense, but this is going to be one of the biggest challenges that they face this year. This Florida State offense is the real deal. Not only do you have Keon Coleman with Johnny uh, Wilson also expected to be back, Trey Trey Benson, the running back in the backfield, he's starting to gain his feet under him now as well. Jordan Travis, he has so many weapons to throw to. Blades is a really good player. RJ Oban, another defensive lineman for Duke who's coming to his own this year. This is going to be a big task for that Duke defense, and I'm excited to see it. Florida State has scored 30-plus points in 12 straight games. So this is going to be the matchup that dictates the entire outcome of this game.
5: Yeah, it'll be a big task, but I remember an interview that Blaze did before the Notre Dame game. We're all saying, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and he said, man, just watch. Right? Tell them nameless Mm -hmm. and faceless. Just watch. So there's so much confidence in this game. I think
2: this Duke defense will be extremely confident going into this one. Florida State has won all 21 all-time matchups with Duke. Only one of those games decided by single digits. It is the biggest game of the ACC. Dominating defense for Duke trying to slow down Keon Coleman and fourth-ranked FSU coverage begins 7.30 Eastern on ABC and the ESPN app. You know, everybody wants to win, but who needs to win? We'll tell you who would benefit the most from W's this weekend.
1: College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve.
2: As we mentioned earlier, the NCAA is investigating Michigan amid allegations of sign-stealing. Yahoo Sports reporting Michigan allegedly used people attending games against future opponents to spy on signs used to call plays on offense and defense. This all comes on the heels of Jim Harbaugh's three-game suspension at the start of this season. Pete Thamel on SportsCenter
1: moments ago. Quite frankly, it's bad news for Jim Harbaugh right now. He's already under NCAA investigation. Uh, it was There was a trope that, that was about a cheeseburger, the uh, recruiting investigation that Michigan was under that cost him a self-imposed three games to start the season. This is a lot more than a cheeseburger. This is This cuts to the core of competition, and the fact that it's been raised to this level and the Big Ten itself has publicized it really brings this to a serious concern at a time when Jim Harbaugh has a national title contender on the field.
2: All right, Michigan going to have to get through that. Going to have to get through Penn State and Ohio State uh, still on their schedule. Those two teams going at it this weekend. Sam, let's start with you. Who needs it more, Ryan Day or James Franklin? I'm going to go
5: Ryan Day on this one. And the reason why, you have back-to-back losses against Michigan in the big game. And if you lose this one, now all of a sudden you have another loss moving forward if you lose to Michigan. Let's say you beat Michigan. Now all of a sudden, win or lose, this loss matters when it comes to that college football playoff conversation. So Ohio State needs to win this one. That way they have a little bit more leeway when that playoff conversation really gets going.
4: Yeah, I'm going to go with James Franklin on this one. I'm going to go with James Franklin on this one just because you're 1-8 against Ohio State. And you have a good program, but these are the type of wins that can uplift your program a catapult your program into that great category. He's 1-8, yes, but some of those games have been heartbreakers for them. And if there was one year to beat Ohio State, I think this is the year that James Franklin has to do it.
2: He's 0-11 all-time against AP Top 10 teams on the road, both in his time at Vanderbilt and at Penn State. All right, guys, a couple of Pac-12 teams coming off of road losses. Both are at home this weekend. Jordan, who needs a win more this weekend, Oregon or USC?
4: Oh, it's USC. And they had the bad game against Notre Dame last week. But the great thing for USC is that their conference aspirations are still in front of them. They have games upcoming against Washington, Oregon, and UCLA. So their gauntlet is really upcoming. USC needs this type of game in order to win.
5: No, and I would actually disagree with you. I think Oregon needs it much more, and I think the reason why Oregon needs it more is that Oregon does have those college football playoff aspirations. Their only loss is to a top-five-ranked Washington team. So let's say they go undefeated, they meet Washington in the Pac-12 playoff, they beat Washington – Pac-12 championship, excuse me, they win that game. Now, all of a sudden, they're a playoff contender again. And so, Oregon, in my opinion, needs this win more than USC. Yeah,
2: USC might have those same playoff aspirations, just a matter of if they're valid uh, or not. <laughs> we shall see based on what we've seen. Uh, ACC, Miami and Clemson this weekend. Hard to believe that one of these teams is going to pick up its third loss before Halloween. Sam, who needs it more? Oh, it's Clemson for sure. And the reason why, as people are trying to write off Clemson, Clemson isn't riding
5: back. Last year, <laughs> Clemson had two losses and still made and won the ACC championship game. And so, though Dabo says, hey, if you're not a real fan, the bandwagon fans, whatever, whatever, get out. But the fact is, there's still room. Miami's falling off. North Carolina, we think they're good, but they still have some tests down the line. Florida State plays Duke. ACC still relatively open, but this win means everything.
4: Yeah, I agree. It's Clemson all the way. And the last time Clemson has not won double digits in a season was 2010. It's a legacy and a pride thing. You don't want to be known as that team that did not get to double double-digit wins. You have Notre Dame. South Carolina and North Carolina coming up. So, if they lose this game to Miami, it's going to be really hard for Clemson to get to double-digit wins.
2: Clemson hasn't lost three conference games in a regular season in 13 years. And Miami has yet to win a home conference game under Mario Cristobal. So, a lot at stake here. Hard to believe three losses for one of these teams coming up. Could be a close shave uh, this weekend. That's a terrible segue, and, uh, and apologies for that. Have you seen the video of Sam Hartman, the former ACC quarterback, and now with Notre Dame. We do have it here. He shaved off the beard, and, and he's got the stash. Do we like the look, Sam Acho? No, no. My man, Sam, you know I love you, bro. I saw you all in the
5: offseason. Get the beard back. Get rid of the stash. I heard a teammate say you can't trust a man with just a mustache. You need a beard, you need something, man. That looks a little sketchy, my, my guy.
2: Jordan?
4: I don't know if you guys watch Game of Thrones or not, but if you ever wondered what Jon Snow would look like playing football, (laughs) it's Sam Hartman. He looks exactly like Sam Hartman. and I want some more seasons of Game of Thrones, but we're getting it with Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. So I like the look, Sam. Jon Snow, you look exactly like him from Game of Thrones. State Trooper Hartman uh, with great
2: mustache comes great responsibility, (laughs) something I would know nothing about. Uh, Speaking of Notre Dame, off this week, coming off that win against SC – where do you come out on, on Notre Dame now still with – they got that loss. Their, their season is still alive. But what do you make of it, Sam? I was so impressed by how they responded. They lose to Louisville.
5: Yeah. All of a sudden you play four back-to-back-to-back-to-back-ranked teams and you, you stop USC really. You have Caleb Williams play his worst game. So that was extremely impressive. Obviously there's some more games coming up, Clemson being one of the big ones. So Notre Dame can really turn this conversation around because they've played a tough schedule. And, of course, they have those two losses. But a lot of teams want to have this undefeated, unblemished schedule, don't we all? But Notre Dame, I don't think, should be really punished for playing tough opponents. Jordan?
4: I was so impressed with their defense. Just looking back on the tape against them versus USC, they had a fantastic game plan, limiting Caleb Williams, forcing him to play in structure. But the secondary was just outstanding. Benjamin Morrison, Cam Hart, kudos to both of those guys. They were outstanding last week. All
2: right, guys, give me a winner for the weekend. Penn State, Ohio State. Sam, you first. Let's go. I'm leaning Ohio State, man. I'm going with the history on this one. <laughs> Amy, the
5: producer who's a Penn State alum, saying boo, boo, boo. <laughs> I'm sorry, Amy. I want y'all to win, but I'm just looking at the, the
4: facts, the history. Amy, I got your back. I'm going Penn State. Give me the Nittany Ooh, Lions in this one. What a win it would be for James Franklin. Uh, we'll be live
2: at the shoe coming up on Friday, 4 o'clock Eastern on ESPN2 College Football Live.